Hi there, this is Chris Posty Posterson, and I am back with another Super Deluxe Special Edition episode of the Sleep With Me podcast. We release one of these every few weeks to say thanks to all of you patrons of the show, so thank you once more. And without any further ado, let's get into tonight's Special Edition and some D&D. special edition episode, I took a show that recently aired where Scooter did a D&D unboxing. I've always had a soft spot in my heart for high fantasy. I never actually played much D&D, but I really love fantasy. So what I've done is taken that episode, I've put us wrapped in warm wools by a softly crackling fire with Scooter telling us this story. And in the background, you'll hear some soft, subtle, epic fantasy strings setting a mood for the whole scene. So curl up, get warm, wrap yourself tight in your blankets. Imagine your elf ears perked up listening to Scooter as he lulls you to sleep. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. This is a, like a, this may be the first legendary unboxing we've ever done, uh, and also the first unboxing. We've ever done a lot of unboxings on this show, and I don't even know what's in this box exactly. It hasn't been opened yet. Uh, I unwrapped it before I came in the climbing closet or the Harry Potter closet. And also brainstormed what I was going to call this. It's a, it's a, it's a, now this, there's two kinds of versions of this. There's AD and D, and then there's D and D, which stands for drooling and dungies. Uh, despite what other people will tell you, and this is the starter set, so it's just straight up D and D, which is actually like your entry, like your entry into this game, uh, drooling and dungies, uh, which is reversed from like the more pop culture. There's a pop culture game or a game that's a cultural phenomenon for the past like 30, 40 years. Uh, that is uh, a place and then a being. This one is uh, drool- drooling and droolers uh, and dungies, which I'll talk about how I got the title. But I'm holding the box here. Uh, the box is about the size of a coffee table book and about the thickness of it. So it's not an extremely heavy box. And there's a lot of popular podcasts uh, that are versions of this called actual play shows. Uh, and a lot of amazing people, you know, our, our good friend Justin and his wonderful brothers, 
they have a show. Uh, I don't think the current season, currently, I don't think they're playing D&D, uh, uh, &D, but they're playing, you know, they, they have an actual play show, The Adventure Zone. Uh, there's also a lot of other amazing podcasts uh, I've met out there. Uh, there's also the, the Broadswords, which is an all-women actual play D&D uh, podcast uh, focusing on role-play and narrative and diversity at the gaming table. And I had a, a chance to meet some of the people from the team uh, at PodCon, and they were amazing, amazing people. They also had an amazing booth. Uh, and you can find them at, uh, you can search right in your podcast app or go to uh, thebroadswords.com. So those are just two options for your D&D. This will not be an actual play. This will be just a barely uh, play. I guess I got to do some more. Well, I guess we could go as we go, because there's actually, like, this is topical in some sense. I didn't realize it. Now, you say, Scoots, what made you decide? Why do you have this? Oh, thanks for saying, why do I have this in my hot little hand? Because I'd love it if my hand was hot. Uh, so hot. Uh, well, it was on sale, $5. And I said, this could be cool. Like, I, was, like, uh, I don't think me and my daughter could just play D&D &D together. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Like, plus, for me, I didn't play a whole lot of D&D because I was the oldest of six kids. And I was, like, a chaotic, chaotic uh, in general. Yeah, I guess this is going to be a lot of memory road stuff uh, in addition to unboxing. And, and believe it or not, I have a couple books that I've been holding on to that, you know, if this works, we could go through more. So, okay, so let's go back to the box. We'll see what this leads, but hopefully I'll talk about uh, uh, Dragonlance novels and, oh, my cousin who, who designed his own, and, and again, I guess I owe him an amends, well, multiple ones anyway, uh, because he had actually designed his own role-playing game uh, based on James Bond. Sorry, sorry. I guess I'll bring it up now. Sorry, John, if you're hearing this. Uh, or a Abby or Betsy, you could tell John. I, uh, well, just remind me to, to apologize to your brother. But he had designed it one, one summer, and he was very excited about it. And I t I'm not the best person. To, if you're enthusiastic about something, I'm working on this. Uh, I guess I've been working on it my whole life uh, thus far with uh, interesting results. And I do wish I had a time machine, because I would have been excited now. But he had designed his own uh, James Bond-based, uh, or spy-based uh, uh, game based off of D&D, &D and the rules of D&D, &D, or maybe AD&D, &D, which just stands for advanced, uh, which just means more complicated, maybe more math. And... Uh, I remember, I, like these are, sometimes your memories are like so crystal clear. I can remember because we were in Blasky, New York, and we were sitting at this table where we tended to play games. And I think he tried to get me and my brother, car, like he, he kept explaining to it because he was very excited. Uh, and he had like different vehicles. A lot of people do this, uh, and it takes a lot to design your own game. You know, different character traits and different things. Uh, and we may have played it for like, I mean, this is something you have to commit to, like either a campaign, but like it, it flourishes best when you're uh, uh, doing it on a regular basis. And so, uh, like, uh, what was my point? My point was, uh, did I have a point? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, 
because he was really excited about it, and I don't think we played it very much. And at the time, I mean, just like now, my thinking tends to, to, to detract me from things I would be enthusiastic about. Uh, they say, well, I got I got other things to, to, to I got to think about school. You know, we're on break from school. I got I got to think about school. Sorry. Uh, so uh, I missed out on a great opportunity to play that game. And uh, I guess uh, that was just my point. Uh, but it was cool. Like, so this, these are adaptable and inspirable rules, I think. And eventually I'll talk about some of my other memories of D&D. But so the cover of this game... Now, the reason it's called Droolers and Dungahees, you might say, Scoots, uh, is uh, a lot of the beings in there are drooling. And it's called drooling damage. Like, if you have any uh, pet-like animal that is drooling for... Uh, this one just happens to be some sort of... In the universe... Well, there's, like, the parallel existence, I think. Uh, and then there's the universe, maybe. All wild beings uh, or semi-tame beings uh, have the propensity to drool and spittle and stuff. Uh, and you can get drool damage. Obviously, there's a lot of different ways, like ruining your clothes, slip, you know, tons of different things. Now, this is also indulging in a fantasy world. So on the cover of this game is a giant turtle that, like, the biggest turtle you could ever imagine. And so cute. So, a green turtle, its head is coming out of its shell, and that's dominating it. And it says D&D starter set, age 12 plus. And there's even drool and drool vapor coming out of the turtle's mouth. The turtles, they, I think they call it a maw. Not on a turtle, usually, but... Uh, like, meaning your, the turtle's mouth is spread wide with a smile. Huge, huge, huge smile. Oh, so huge, the smile of this turtle. And then a character who looks like a knight. Uh, again, this is based in a medieval-style world. You, you know, a bit like a game, GOT. Which, maybe I'll try to release this episode right around the start of the GOT season. So this is a knight. The knight is wearing both plate mail and chain mail. And then the knight has a shield, which in this world you use to deflect, especially giant drool. I mean, we're talking about a creature. This turtle is the size of way bigger than a school bus. I'm trying to think of what a... Like, just a turtle's head is probably the size of a school bus. So it's drooling on you. Wait, school buses aren't really a thing anymore in a lot of places. Uh, but a bus, a city bus, would be another one. Uh, I mean, this thing is the size of, like, buildings. Uh, like, two- or three-story apartment building. And it's beginning to drool on this knight, uh, who has a beard. Also something, I believe the knight's wearing a cape, because something's flowing off the back of the knight. Uh, they look to be in a forest... I don't think it's a forest of feelings. That's where the Care Bears live. This doesn't have any... I wonder if anybody ever came over the Care Bear rolling role-playing game. How come, like, uh, you know, we gamify everything? Uh, here's just a, just a thought. Just, you know, free idea. If you're going to, you know, until you monetize it and then give me, uh, like, uh, 80% of the money. You know, if you could get the rights to make a Care Bear... Care, Care Bear... Care Bear role-playing game then base it on actual uh, uh, healthy practices. Uh, 
you know, establishing resilience and uh, assertiveness and health, like those kind of things, uh, but, but in a subtle way, you know, not on the nose, like, uh, you know, then, the, and to feel your forest of feelings, like all those feelings. This could be something I'll work on. Uh, but then it says, uh, uh, droolers and donkeys. Everything you need to know to start playing the world's greatest role-playing game. And one of these things uh, this thing's famous for is just the art. Uh, now, I don't see a credit for the art on the cover. Now, the side of one of the boxes uh, has uh, it says starter set and it says droolers and dungahees, uh, registered trademark. And then it has uh, two uh, uh, characters... Uh, I guess, uh, like, uh, I'm going to try to go through this game without assuming genders of characters. Uh, but these are two characters. One seems to be a cleric uh, holding a staff uh, and uh, one hand outreached uh, in a kind of robe. Um, and so I'm not sure. It could be a magic user. Then... Behind that character, possibly, like, it has, the character is uh, floating in the air with flowing white robes and the hair of the character's flow, the flow of flowing. Uh, pointy ears, so it could be, like, a spirit-based being or another spellcaster, but I would assume, and also the moonlight seems to be reflecting off of both characters. Uh, it does look like a cloudy, moonlit sky. I don't see a moon. But that character does seem to be, one finger is like being held in like a okay symbol, but possibly casting a spell. Uh, the two ends of the box, uh, uh, so the short sides of the box, they just say starter set. And then the other side has a, uh, uh, what I'm guessing is a dwarf uh, in very heavy plate mail, which is a thing, and a giant shield. Looks like it might be looking over at the turtle or something else, uh, holding a hammer. And I know dwarves are known for being very strong, but this is like very heavy plate mail, very heavy helm, uh, meaning made out of some sort of metal. Then uh, the, the, uh, the hammer is very big, and then a very, very big shield. Like, I don't even know what you call those kind of shields, but, but gigantic. Okay, now... Uh, uh, when we flip it over is the back side of the box. Uh, and the back side of the box says explore subterranean labyrinths, uh, plunder hordes of treasure, uh, battle uh, legendary droolers. And then it says uh, the droolers in Dungahees started said it's your gateway to an action packed stories of imagination. The box contains the essential rules of the game, plus everything you need to play. Heroic characters and a, uh, a journey, an adventure in worlds of fantasy. And it says game components. It comes with a 64-page adventure book with everything the DM needs to get started. The Dungahees Master. The 32-page rulebook for playing characters at levels 1 through 5. Uh, five pre-generated characters, each with a character sheet and supporting reference materials. And six game dice. Also, I think we do have a 20-sided die. 
Uh, now, when you're ready for even more, expand your adventures with the 5th edition Player's Handbook, uh, 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 Dungie's Master's Guide, and Drooler's Manual. Then it has a being, a drooling being on there, which uh, it seems to be a giant version of, like, uh, like one of those hairless, uh, uh, like, uh, I don't know, what are those usually dogs that are hairless? Or a naked mole rat. I'd say probably like a giant naked mole rat. Uh, though it does have some material in its, uh, but it's standing on two legs and yawning, saying, huh, I think I'm going to go to sleep now. Uh, below that, it has some details from maps from the game. Then it has the box that I'm holding in my hand, and then uh, a nice uh, spread of like the materials inside. Let's see what these credits say. Here's the website. Uh, suggest, I wonder if I paid $10 or $5 for this. Uh, suggest a retail price in $19.99. We uh, have Wizards of the Coast. It used to be, used to be it, was, it was a different company. Uh, and I don't, like, I don't want to talk about the company or the people behind it just because I don't want to um, look like I'm making light of it or anything. So... Uh, you know, you could do all that research. Uh, okay, so when I open the top of the box, uh, the first thing I see is the dice, which will have uh, something to talk about right away. Uh, then there's the, the adventure, it looks like. Lost Mind of P-H-A-N-D-E-L-V-E-R. Oh, and the characters... Oh, this is interesting. Cool. Like, uh, So this is, gives us some good descriptions here. Uh, this is, but it's Fan, P-H-S-F, right? Fand, Elver, Fandelver, Lost Mind of Fandelver. And behind that is all of the art from the cover and the sides of the box combined. So you have uh, the drooling turtle, who's even bigger, because you can see his shell, because you can see the turtle's shell in this picture. They seem to be in some sort of uh, place with, like, an older place that's a little run down. I see some pillars. The turtle's actually, one of the turtle's paws is on a pillar. There looks to be a ton of treasure. Maybe a waterfall in the back left. Uh, and then the characters. So, so we have the dwarven character. We have the knight uh, blocking the drool. What looks to be mist uh, from... There also seems to be some sort of uh, magical casting going on of a sh drool shield uh, between one of the other two characters from the other side of the box. Uh, and it seems like the one character with the flowing robes is not necessarily floating in the air, but maybe standing on some stairs. Uh, so I'm, I opened the uh, dice. I did want to. So these dice have um, the color. They're colored in. I remember I got AD and D probably for a, a, a birthday present one year because it, mostly I was obsessed with the storytelling and the art of it, uh, and I never really get to play a lot of D and D. But I do remember when I got my dice that you're supposed to color the dice in with a crayon and then wipe it off with a tissue, which I didn't understand. It, like, somehow my brain... I think my cousin, the same one I, like, showed me or, or kind of said, this is why I do it. I said, no, 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 I don't want to do that with my dice. Uh, it just makes them easier to read. 
Uh, but these dice seem to be painted. So it looks like we have a 12-sided die. Uh, um, does it have a zero? Would it be... No, because then there's a... Eight-sided, which would be a nine-sided die, because it has a zero. Oh, no, this might have more than that, because it has a nine. It also has... Okay, that's how you tell the six from the nine, eh? So I guess this is a ten-sided diamond die. Uh, then we have a six-sided die. All my dice are, are um, a blue-black, uh, kind of shimmering, uh, like almost like a faux obsidian. I don't know, they seem to be made to be painted that way. Uh, then we have another diamond dice that's eight-sided, like four on each end of the diamond. Um... Uh, yeah, with the markings, you know, which the six is up or down. Yeah, then we have a triangle die, which I, okay, oh no, I guess it's uh, a four-sided die. So whatever's pointing up, you have one, two, three, or four. But you can read it from all sides of the pyramid. Pyramid die. And then, oh, the famous 20-sided die that everyone talks about or jokes about, uh... Yeah, really cool in this light. It really uh, it has good reflection. I know uh, listeners have sent me dice in the past. And then, uh, so in the rest of the box is the uh, Lost Mind of Fandelver, uh, which is the thickest and heaviest thing. Uh, then is the Starter Set Rulebook. Uh, uh, starter Set Rulebook has is a close-up of the, uh, the same art from the box. Ian from the cover of The Lost Mind of Findelver. And then are some uh, stat sheets, uh, including the ones, uh, well, they don't have names, but including the pre-made ones, uh, which I guess we'll read through at some point. That'll be fun. And it doesn't look like they have any uh, blank ones, which I know uh, is always fun. Making a character usually takes up the whole time of, like, uh, so that's like another thing of why you gotta really commit to playing the game. Yeah, but since I have the, uh, the uh, characters in my hand, so the characters don't have a name. I was thinking before I recorded this, I was like, think of a character name real fast, uh, Scoots. And my brain said Dirk Bath Salts. Uh, and I said, it's a little on the nose, uh, but I do like it. So so let's see, let's just read through this. This character, character is a Cleric 1. That's a class and level. It's a soldier. It's a hill dwarf and it's neutral good. And it has a, a 14 in strength plus 2, uh, 8 in dexterity minus 1, a 15 in constitution plus 2, a 10 in intelligence. I think it, it thinks this uh, dwarf is less dexterity is lower than its intelligence, but wise though so not super intelligent but wisdom is at 16 plus 3 it's his strongest characteristic uh, and its charisma is a 12 plus 1 it has a 13 in passive wisdom and again I don't really know a lot about this stuff it has no inspiration plus 2 proficiency bonus uh, and then its saving throws are uh, Oh, that's what I just listed. So I guess those numbers... Oh, no. No, that's not true. Uh, its saving throws are plus two for strength, minus one for dexterity, plus two for constitution, plus zero for intelligence, plus five for wisdom. 
and plus three for charisma. And then also some other things it has. In acrobatics, it's a negative one. Animal handling, that's a part of wisdom, uh, plus three. Maybe there's, oh, these are skills uh, that they've learned. Arcana, uh, zero. Athletics, plus four, that takes strength. Uh, deception, oh dear, uh, what kind of neutral good, but, but it's uh, plus one. History, plus zero. Insight, insight though, that's due to wisdom, plus three. Intimidation. Oh, because of the charisma, huh? Like, this is a charismatic character, plus three. Investigation, plus zero. Medicine, plus five. Nature, plus zero. Perception, plus three. Performance, uh, plus one. I, uh, what happens if you have performance anxiety? Is that a negative? I ain't even talking about that. I'm talking about, like, uh, in front of a crowd. Persuasion, plus one. Religion, plus two. Slate of hand, minus one. Stealth, minus one, plus a star. And uh, getting by, plus three. Uh, other proficiencies in languages, all armor, shields, all simple stuff. Uh, 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 things for chopping, hammers, uh, hammers, uh, playing cards, mason tools, and ve land vehicles. Uh, speaks common and dwarfage. Stone cunning. Uh, whenever you make an intelligence uh, check related to the origin of stonework, uh, you are considered proficient in a history skill and add double your proficiency bonus to the check instead of your normal proficiency bonus. So this dwarf knows stone. 18 armor class, minus one initiative, speed is 25 feet. Uh, its drool points are 11. It's a uh, drool dice is 1d8. Uh, let's see what it's currently carrying. A hammer of uh, uh, what is it good for? Which is a plus four. And, uh, and then it does a 1d8 plus two. Uh, and then also has a chopper choppy, which is a plus four. A 1d6 though, plus two. It can also throw that... Uh, Choppy choppy poo. Like if you wanted, to, like there's that those bars now where you throw them up to 20 feet or up to 60 feet uh, with disadvantage on the and the uh, the roll. Can trips. Uh, you know, light sacred flame. Some some kind of like metallurgy, but thaumaturgy, and cast them at will. Descriptions are found in the rule book. Uh, Oh, this oh, because it's a cleric. It has uh, plus two first level spell slots. Uh, you could prepare four first level spells to make available for you. Uh, choosing from the cleric spell list in the rule book. In addition, you always have two domain spells prepared: bless and cure. Equipment, uh, chainmail, uh, but that, dis that is what's bad on dexterity. Shield, hammer, uh, two of the cutty poos, uh, holy symbol, a backpack, a crowbar, a hammer, ten pittons, uh, ten torches, a tinderbox, uh, ten days of rations, water skin, fifty feet of rope, mason tools, uh, a uh, pen uh, pen thing, a tr a deck of playing cards, common clothes, pouch, and a rank insignia of a sergeant. 
personality traits. I'm always polite and respectful. Also, I trust. I don't trust my gut feelings, so I wait for others to act. Ideals, respect. People deserve to be treated with dignity and courtesy. Wow, we're in the same ballpark here. Uh, Bonds, three cousins. Gundren, Thardin, and Nundro, Rockseeker, who are my friends and cherished clan members. Who are my friends and cherished family members. I secretly wonder whether the gods care about mortal fairs at all. That seems to be something that comes up in D&D, like uh, uh, spellcasting ability. Wisdom is a spellcasting ability for your spells. Uh, disciple of life. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, I don't want to read everything word for word out of here. Uh, oh, wow. There's also a whole back page I didn't realize. Uh, uh, so really, a lot of details. And these other characters, let me just run through. And uh, ooh, the next person's a noble human, lawful neutral. Uh, what do they do? Like, what's their thing, though? Oh, fighter one. A very strong, 16 plus 3, not much dexterity. The constitution's high, 15 plus 2. Not, this isn't a smart group, 11 plus 0, but wise, 13 plus 1. And charismatic, uh, 14 plus 2. Let's see, this person's got a plus 5 in athletics, uh, plus 3 in perception, plus 4 in perception, or persuasion, plus 2 in performance. Uh, so this is like a not a super dexterity, so far, low dexterity, uh, high wisdom, high charisma. They have a speed of 30 feet, I don't know what that means. Uh, 17 armor class, uh, they roll with a like an axe and a javelin, which they could throw 30 feet. They also have a chain mail, that's why they can't do anything. They have a second wind, they have a limited well of stamina they can draw on if they need it. Uh, they can be defensive. Uh, thanks to their noble birth, people are in a position of privilege, uh, inclined to think the best of you. Welcome in high society. So, uh, you know, noble, uh, personality, my flattery makes others feel wonderful and important. I don't like to get dirty, though, and it wouldn't be caught in uh, unsuitable accommodations. Responsibility's my ideal, uh, to protect the common people. Uh, roll with my ex, which is a family heirloom. And this person uh, is a flaw. They have a hard time resisting the allure of wealth, especially gold. Looks like they're looking to restore some legacy. And next up is a Rogue One, Lightfoot Halfling. So they have very little strength, 8 minus 1, very high, real high dexterity, 16 plus 3. Constitution's 12 plus 1, intelligence 13 plus 1, low wisdom. So this is like a kid, 10 plus 0. Uh, but again, high charisma, 16 plus 3, so a likable group, a very high, plus 7 in stealth, and plus 5 in sleight of hand, plus 5 in performance, look out, uh, plus 3 in investigation, and plus 5 in deception, and aerobatics, what do you call that? Aerobatics, uh, aerob yeah, I think so. Uh, they can sneak, uh, 
14 armor class, 25 feet uh, personality. I don't have a plan, but I'm great at making things up as I go along. Loyal to my friends, uh, Bonds, Quailene uh, Alderlead, my aunt uh, has a farm in Fandalin, and I gave her, like, I always give her cash. But also once was a member of the Red Brands. Uh, uh, they can speak thieves can't. Uh, they're lucky, brave, uh, nimble, naturally stealthy. Can talk to, the, uh, like, uh, the seedy sailors and, and the such. So that's a rogue uh, folk hero. What the heck? Yeah, fighter one, human, lawful good folk hero. I hope they're a, a folk singer. Very strong, 14 plus 2. Very dexterity, high dexterity. Uh, 16 plus 3. That's the same as our rogue. Uh, Constitution side. This person's got everything. Constitution, uh, 15 plus 2. Not smart, or, well, 11 plus 0. What wisdom, uh, 13 plus 1. Not likable, though. They're full hero, but their Christmas 9, minus 1. Let's see what they're good at. Animal handling, or, you know, their dexterity. Good at history, plus 2. Perception, plus 3. Stealth, plus 3. Slate of hand, plus 3. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, they have uh, SWORD and a bow, leather leather armor. Uh, when I set to my my mind to something, I follow through. Sincerity is my ideal. Bonds. One day, Thunder Tree will be a prosperous town again, and a statue of me. This sounds a bit like Gaston. I mean, Gaston was Gaston's own folk hero. I'm convinced of the significance of my destiny and blind to my shortcomings. That's my flaw. Uh, they have rustic hospitality. Uh, since Oh, because they're folk hero, because they're common. And they can hide out among them. They also have a second wind. I'd like to know what the heck they did to have be a folk hero. Uh, trying to see. Background. Uh, from Thunder Tree, east of the city of Neverwinter, uh, but nearby Mount Hottenau erupted a while, 30 years ago, and they drifted from village to village. Uh, but they've been in Neverwinter for the last few years as a porter, and it's clear to you and everyone around you that your destinies were much more. Though they want to be a folk hero, I guess. Well, good luck with that. This one's funny. At Wizard One and High uh, High Elf, uh, are they high all the time? They're an acolyte, uh, chaotic good. And let's see, they're not strong. No offense. A Ten plus zero. Dexterity's pretty good. Fifteen plus two. Constitution's fourteen plus two. Intelligence is Zapazoo. Sixteen plus three. Wisdom twelve plus one and charisma's eight minus one. So they could probably hide in the background. Uh, five on Arcana, you know, that's magic type stuff. History and insight, they're good. Plus five in investigation. Plus three in perception. Plus five in religion. Uh, let's see. They can trips. Uh, they know mage hand, pre-prestidigitation pre or something. Frost ray. 
a grasping pool, and they can cast them at will. They have two, two first-level spell spots, uh, four that just like very similar. So they can pick out it there. Uh, they use polysyllabic words that convey the uh, impression of erudition or whatever. I can uh, also I spent so long in the temple that I have experience, uh, little experience dealing with people on a casual basis. Uh, knowledge, the path to power and self-improvement is through knowledge. Uh, the tome I carry with me, they're writing their own biography, it turns out, uh, and they want to uncover historical secrets. They can see in the dark for 60 feet. Uh, they don't need to sleep. They can just go into a meditative trance for four hours a day. Uh, they can't be charmed uh, or put to sleep. And they're a servant, a servant of the Oghama, Og, Okma, uh, and uh, they can perform the rites of that. They could also probably stay there for free, yeah, visit the temple. Let's see, uh, what else we need to know about them? Uh, yeah, they've been, that's the all-seeing god of knowledge. That, of course, the name I can't pronounce, so that's embarrassing. Yeah, they're chaotic good because their pursuit and acquisition of knowledge is for the benefit of all. And they shared freely. So that's a little bit about them. They're an elf, uh, which is an otherworldly grace, uh, living in the world, but not entirely part of it. Uh, so the rule book, let's just, let's just run through some of the art. Oh my goodness, a jackpot. Uh, as soon as you open up the rule book, uh, and I definitely remember this picture, there's a group, uh, maybe are, well, like different. There's two elves that are around a campfire. It definitely like a warrior type, a rogue type, uh, a halfling type, uh, somebody like a wizard, somebody like uh, the warriors are looking right at me, and a dwarf that's uh, sound asleep, uh, and they seem to be the wizard type. There's somebody with a staff, like with real fancy robes, they seem to be making a speech about something. And the rogue character seems to be warming their hands. Uh, then if we go even deeper in, uh, it shows like uh, when people are go like dealing with the droolers. Uh, so we have uh, like uh, one uh, knight type character uh, dealing with two uh, like puppies that are kind of trying to drool. Uh, then... Uh, uh, some sort of elven, maybe more of a, um, with a little cat type of thing in there, uh, dealing with droolers and trying to distract the puppies with, uh, by playing fetch. Then on one side of the uh, painting is, a uh, some sort of spellcaster with something blue, kind of like Jedi robes on, and a dwarf, dwarf. Dwarfs are very popular. This dwarf has, a uh, gigantic beard uh, chapter 3 opens with some art another dwarf this dwarf has a what is it beard when you uh, when you do that with your hair not a ponytail but uh, you like uh, braids uh, braided beard one two three four five braids uh, and they kind of seem like they're going down the stairs dwarfs in the front then another uh, warrior type uh, rogue or uh, 
some other, whatever those dexterous things are, and then a caster in the back with like a glow stick. And these real cool flowing white robes with a hood, which I like, uh, in like a leather, brown leather. So another kind of Star Wars-esque level character. Yeah, there's also on some pages like little pieces, like there's one with like a lantern, a rope, uh, playing cards, and a sharpening tool, and maybe a map behind it. Chapter 4 does talk about spell casting. And we have a blue-fleshed creature in a blue or a gray-fleshed creature with blue, dark blue hair in a two- or three-tone blue robe it casting a spell next to a kind of a giant old log and really working hard at it. Oh, I just saw one of the words I couldn't pronounce. Let me see. Let's see. Sleep is a first-level enchantment. Uh, Casting time is one action, 90 feet. Uh, if co components you need are V, S, and M. Pinch of fine sand, rose petals, or crickets. The duration is one minute. The spell uh, sends people into magical slumber. Roll a 5d8. And the total is how many uh, hit points of uh, the droolers this spell can affect. Uh, creatures within 20 feet of a point... You choose within range are affected, increasing order of their current points, ignoring uh, ones that are already sleeping. Starting with the uh, uh, being that has the lowest current points, each uh, one falls asleep until the spell ends. Oh, it only lasts one minute. Where's that predict designation or whatever? Probably in P. Yeah, here it is. Uh, it's a transmutation cantrip. Uh, I don't know if that's can cantrip. Yeah, one, pre prestigation, prestigation. A minor magical trick that novice spellcasters you oh for practice. Uh, you can do one of these. Uh, you can create a sensory effect. Well, this is pretty cool. Or an odd odor or musical notes. Light or snuff out a candle. A clean or soil an object and no longer this is sounds like they're a blast to be around yeah clean or soil an object chill warm or flavor that's what it says up to one cubic foot of non-living material for an hour that'd be good if your kid uh, chewed their nails or something make a color a small mark or a symbol for an hour uh, create a non-magical trinket or illusory image uh, that can fit in your hand and last till the end of your next turn. If you do this multiple times, you can have three of its non-instantaneous effects active at a time. And you can, can dis dismiss such effects as an action. Okay, let's finish up with this guide to the lost mind of Fandelver. It's uh, 64 pages, so we really have to get uh, get into the weeds. We'll just do some of the art. Oh boy! Uh, so we got uh, an overall map, uh, which shows uh, north, south, east, and west. And the west side is a co is a coast, uh, and a coastal city, Neverwinter. And the high road runs north and south through Neverwinter. If you head south. Uh, like on the high road, you reach Lelon, L-E-I-L-O-N. And then you head in between the mountains down to the M-E-R-E. 
mare. Maybe another sea. Maybe there's, oh no, it seems like a swamp that the road runs along. Uh, also in the south are the Sword Mountains, the Cryptogarden Forest, K-R-Y-P-T-G-R-D-A-N. He's behind the Sword Mountains. Looks pretty hard to get to. I think somebody was from Fandalin, Fan or maybe that's where the whole game takes place. Uh, there's Wind Echo Cave, Ice Spire Peak, Wervin Tor. These are all in like little foothills, uh, maybe. Old Owl Well. Good old Owl. I'd like to go there. Yeah, then if you go back up to Neverwinter, there's a river flowing through Neverwinter. Uh, that heads east uh, to Thunder Tree. Then there's a giant forest, Neverwinter Wood. Uh, so in the center of the map, but south, this is a hex map. Uh, there's Cragmaw Castle in the middle of Neverwinter Wood. Whatever the river is, uh, really spreads out. It, it looks like it comes from a couple different uh, mountains and hills. There's Agatha's Lair and the Tribor Trail. Yeah, Agatha's Lair is on the edge, just in case you want to visit her. It's the eastern edge of Never, eastern south, southeastern edge of Neverwinter Wood. And Coneyberry is near Agatha. Then there's this, all the way on the east side of the map is the Star Metal Hills, the center east. In the central north are the crags, and then like uh, where Neverwinter Wood is split south of the crags by Mount Hottenau which came up uh, with somebody's history. And there's also an unnamed forest uh, to the west and north of Neverwinter Woods in the Mount Hottenau and the, the crags. And this is where the adventure begins. There's also the Cragmaw Hideout, uh, which is in some of the, like, a crag somewhere inside. There's briars, there's a bridge, there's an escarpment, there's a, a river running through it, indoor river. Or with uh, where water moves fast, there's rubble, there's the stalagmites, uh, there's uh, handmade steps in the stone, stone walls, and also supplies, which I don't want to give away. One square does each rule five feet. Uh, there are NPC party members, uh, uh, but they might only join the party for a short time during one of these adventures. Uh, then we have a nice painting of some mushrooms. And on the other side, we have some, uh, I don't know what kind of creatures they are, but uh, they're definitely droolers. Uh, they seem, uh, they're pointing at something. They're in some crags. The crags are carved with uh, uh, giant turtles. I know, wait, there's one, two, three, four, five, and there's a sixth one up in uh, on a standing on a tree. So they seem to be looking around uh, to do something. Yeah, then we have a fan. We'll finish off with you could think you could dream, hopefully dream about visiting Fandalin, Fandalin, because uh, it does look nice. Uh, from the south, the Miner's Trail leads in past a far, a few farms. Uh, there's one on the left, and then another one on the right. Another house on the left. Uh, as it rolls into town, uh, there's uh, Halia's house uh, is near one of the uh, farms. Then there's the Fandalin Miners Exchange. Uh, then there's a woodworking a woodworker right there. Not long after you get into town, Lenine's home is there.
There's the Lion Shield Coster, which may be a, uh, I don't know, is that a, um, what do you call it, like a place where you hang? Uh, Miner's Trail splits up into town, you could stay in the, there's Harbin Wester's house, you could go visit Harbin. There's the Elderly Farm, I think that's a farm-to-table restaurant. Uh, there's the Town Master's Hall, you know, if there's any official business. Uh, to the on the west side of town is the town green. There's the Eldermath Orchard. Holy cow! If you're there in apple season, do yourself a favor. Go to Eldermath Orchard. Uh, do some apple picking and then follow it up. Uh, Sister Gracali's house is there. You know, there's also a Shrine of Luck. You really want to just visit that. Uh, there's also a smithy on that side of town and kind of the northern uh, central town. And the Tribor Trail heads out out of uh, out of there, past a few more farms. There's also Barthens Provisions, which is like uh, they have these like gobstoppers there, or whatever you call them, mouth, whatever those called, mouth, uh, whatever, some some candy to suck on. A great place. And Barthen actually lives behind the shop. Uh, there's a Stonehill Inn, which is a nice place to uh, uh, crash. Uh, but if you have time, make sure to go over to Sleeping Giant. Uh, that's where all the locals hang out. And of course, looking over the town is uh, Trans Tracendar Manor, where the uh, I don't know where the rich people live. I think. And I mean, there's a lot more adventure just in this kit. So it's like uh, if you see it on sale, uh, you know, definitely do it. Like then you could get into AD and D. Uh, I did not get a chance to talk about Dragonlance, what I have talked about on the show before, but I have actually been reading, because uh, uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman are just, uh, I don't know, the novels just meant a lot to me when I was in, uh, like, 8th uh, grade, ninth, 10th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, and I may, may have reread them, like, once or twice, uh, including, like, in my 30s, uh, when I was going through a really hard time. And they offer me the same escape I had when I was in my angsty youth. Uh, and they just read, I don't know if I reread them, but uh, the la two of the last three uh, Dragonlance novels they published, uh, which were kind of as, uh, I think they, were, they, they included the original characters, uh, uh, but like what they were doing in between the main three books. So that's just a little bit about me and D&D and uh, a little uh, box opening. Uh, Get you in the fantasy mood. Uh, thanks.